In the first reading, we hear about the ascension of Jesus. The first reading is from Acts, the first chapter. In the first book of Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Having identified the great and secure salvation we have in Christ, Paul breaks into an exultant praise and thanksgiving. Paul tells of his continuing prayer that the Christians will be able to grasp the immensity of what they have in Christ through his death and resurrection. The second reading is from Ephesians, the first chapter. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand in honor of the gospel reading. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 24th chapter. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You 
are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven, and they worshipped him. And they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Forty days. Why 40 days? Today, we're, Ascension Sunday, I think we mentioned this, 40 days after Easter, after he has his resurrection, resurrection on the 40th day, there's the Ascension. Why 40 days? Take a guess. Anybody, why, what's, why 40 days? We're small enough today that we can pull this off and not be too much shame if you give a, a, a sideways answer. Why? You, you mumbled something. You got to say it louder. 40 days in the wilderness. 40 days. So there's like some biblical things that have happened that they use the number. But why 40? Why not 42? That's a multiple of seven in creation, right? Why 49? Seven times seven. A good number times a good number, right? Why not 144? Because that's 12 times 12. Why 40? Anybody? No guess? Come on, pastor sons, you got something. <laughs> I know, I've never talked on this once in like 20 years, so it's kind of hard for you to kind of get the answer if you'd even remember what you think that dad says. All right, so 40 days, here's the good thing is, nobody knows. Why did God choose 40? It's a God thing, right? But with that number, with that, the mystery of the number is kind of dispelled. There's a mystery. You don't know why 40. But 40 is a God-chosen number, and it's been used frequently. So let's start with, let's just roll through some of the big 40s. All right? Genesis chapter 7, the great flood, 40 nights, rain. At the end of that time, they did have hope, and they did have life. So as you're looking at these days, move past just the number 40 and think about what's happening beginning, middle, and end to each one of these stories, Right? Because there's going to be a time of, of maybe some trouble, maybe some judgment, maybe some testing. But at the end of almost all these, there's going to be a relief and a joy and a promise of God. All right? So the first one's a flood. Then we have Moses fleeing to Midian after he slayed the Egyptian who was being, beating up and mistreating people. He killed the guy. And then shortly after that, he goes to Midian for 40 years. He's over there until God calls him back to set his people free. 40 years. You can find particular reference in that in the book of Acts, chapter 7. He's on Mount Sinai, this Moses, 40 days, 40 nights. And when he's on Mount Sinai, there's a cloud going around this mountain, like thundering and power of God. It was such a big mountain. It wasn't just a cute little thunderstorm. It was like God's presence is on this mountain. And he was there 40 days. And 40. When he came down, he was glowing. The God was reflecting off. He had a holy suntan such they had to put a veil over him because he was like too much intimidating, right? So that's another 40 days. And you can find that in the book of Exodus. Here's something that was really good to know. The maximum number of lashes, of whips, that you can take, 40. Now you can get another 40 the next day, and another 40 the next day, but in one seeing, and one event, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 3, it says you can only get 40 lashes at a time. When they, sent, when they came to the promised land and they sent spies, how many days do you think the spies were meandering around the land looking at it? 40 days. Good answer. Israel wandered in the, in the wilderness for how many years? 40. 40. How many years did the Philistines occupy and like harass the Israelites before Samson would finally deliver them? How many, how many uh, years? 
40. Alguém can get it bigger than this. How many years? 40. Here we go. How many days did Goliath taunt Saul's army, the king and all of his army? Goliath stood out front taunting them and intimidating for how many days? 40. Good answer. Elijah fled from the queen and he ran from her for how many days and how many nights? 40. 40 is mentioned in the prophecies of Ezekiel and Jonah. Every story that used that number 40 had a challenge and it had a God ending. Something that was ugly was brought to an end and something good was brought to a beginning. In the New Testament, thinking of 40, after the epiphany, after Jesus' baptism, when the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit occupy in one space, immediately following that, Jesus went in the wilderness where he was tempted by Satan and he fasted, he prayed for how many days? 40. 40. At the conclusion of those 40 days, he began his ministry. And he does that for three years. Now, it shouldn't be surprising that following his resurrection after three days, his resurrection, that he wouldn't just go from the resurrection straight to heaven, right? The devil had his time tormenting Jesus and tempting Jesus, right? Jesus fasted for those 40 days. There was some hardship. So maybe before Jesus just ascends into heaven, how about we give Jesus a 40-day victory tour? Let, let the demons and let everything in this whole world, man, woman, child, every spiritual thing that's ever been created, let all of heavens rejoice that this one whom they killed, that God raised, this one's going to tour this earth for 40 days. Not only did the victory tour seem like the right thing because God dislikes that, but we needed it. Because those disciples... They needed 40 opportunities. They needed day in and day out. They needed Jesus to find them when they were hiding in the room because they were so afraid that the Romans were going to kill them too so Jesus could find them. They needed to be found on the side of the seashore because God needed to find them there and they needed to be found there. They needed to be found as they were running away from the city on the road to Emmaus and all the places that humans want to hide and all the places that we want to travel to to avoid the hardships that we just left and all the hardships of our life and all the things that we failed and all the shame that we have and all the sins that we have, all of that stuff that we're running for, we need Jesus to go there and find us. And over those 40 days, Jesus found his friends. And he made sure that each one of them knew that they were forgiven and that they were loved and that his capacity to love and forgive was greater than their capacity to sin every time. And they could do the same sin and they could be in the same bondage every day for the rest of their life. And some of them would be, and it didn't matter because Jesus's love was greater than their capacity to sin. And he proved that over those 40 days. He made sure that they knew that he loved them. He wanted to bless them. 40 days. Thinking about what else to say on this Ascension Day that really stands out. Two parts. Again, majesty and ministry. On the majesty, it starts kind of with a cloud. Again, this cloud was not just a thundercloud over a neat horizon like we see some beautiful clouds these days. And we can look out and see the sunset through the, all the layers of the clouds. The bottom part where it's dark and the middle part where it's kind of lit up. And the top part and the lightning flashing in there wasn't just that. It wasn't a meteorological vapor um, formation. This was the awesome, 
awesome. We mean like beyond our capacities to think. Wonderful divine presence of the Lord. It's the same cloud that led the people in the wilderness for those 40 years. By day in cloud, by night, by pillar of fire. That fire and that cloud was a presence of God himself. And on this day, that God shows up in that form. And, it, and everybody sees The same cloud that covers Mount Sinai, the same cloud that descended upon the mountain of transfiguration when Jesus was there and the father speaks and Jesus is speaking with the father with Moses and Elijah and the three apostles are there. They experience this. That is this transfigured, this cloud of the divine presence. And sometimes that cloud, God's in it, but sometimes it's again to protect people because they can't bear to see the holiness of God. Just as much as darkness can't ex- can exist in the presence of light, so sin can't exist in the presence of God. So sometimes there's a shelter. The Lord God, King of Kings, that's his cloud on that day. And Jesus is lifted into his place in that cloud. And on the majesty, I want you to think, I'm, instead of trying to come up with words ourselves, we'll just read what the Bible has to tell us of this majesty of Jesus. St. Paul tells us in the book of Philippians chapter 2, Therefore, God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee will bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That's the majesty of Jesus being firmly remembered as he goes back to his throne in this cloud and in heavens. Revelation chapter 5. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them. They were all saying to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, amen. And all the elders fell down and they worshiped. That's the majesty that Jesus has ascended to. Just one more. There's a lot, but there's one more here we got to do. Ephesians chapter 1. Far above all rule and authority, far above all power and dominion, above every name that is named, not only in this age, but in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet, and he gave him his head over all things, his church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. That is majesty like nothing on this earth compares. The majesty, divinity of God. And that is what Jesus is ascending to. And the disciples got to see it. Majesty. The other part I asked you to memorize had to do with ministry. Jesus has completed his mission. Jesus has perfectly displayed love of his Father. Perfectly. Jesus has displayed his obedience to the Father. Perfectly. Jesus has defeated every enemy of God and God's people. And at the conclusion of that, he's at the right hand. But as he goes, this is what he says. In Luke chapter 24, verse 50. Jesus led them out as far as Bethany. And then lifting up his hands... He blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he parted from them, was carried into heaven. Notice that? 
Last week, we talked about the eagerness of God. In, in the confronting of all that was going to happen in the next three days, his betrayals and his abuse and his condemnation with the, or the authorities, his crucifixion and his death on that cross, when all that was coming, Jesus was eager to love them. And in that context, Jesus was eager to bless them. And that's what he's doing here. His very last moment, his very last image, his very last action. Jesus is lifting up his hands and he's loving them and he's blessing them. Echoes of what has happened in every church. Pastors around apostles through the pastors for 2,000 years. There's times in the service we put our hands up and we say, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. We offer a blessing on behalf of Jesus. It's not me. It's not some guy wearing the flesh with a name in front of you. It's Jesus through us telling you that you are loved and you are blessed. And if that's the last thing that you will ever see on a Sunday morning before you go, you will see the hands raised and someone telling you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The blessing of God is the last thing the church receives before they head back out into the world. It's the last thing that the church received as they watched Jesus ascending to their Heavenly Father. What a gift. What a gift. Luke chapter 24, verse 46. Why would he give them a blessing? Why was it so important that the last thing that we would see and the last thing that we would ever remember and hear and experience from Jesus would it be his hands lifted up in this way in a blessing to his friends? Because there was work to be done. He, Jesus says to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And you are the witnesses to these things. Not them. Not the person sitting to your right or your left or behind you, but you, you individually are the witness of these things. Hugely important. These disciples are the team. For three years, the star, you know, the best basketball player in the NBA, who was, um, he just got transferred between teams. He was with Cleveland before. LeBron, right? The beast of the East. Now he's on the West. But I mean, this guy's a basketball player like a few others. He can win a game almost by himself. LeBron's gone. What's going to happen with the team? More so, Jesus, the Son of God, the one who said the words, the one who did the miracles, the one who tore the storms, be still. That, that one is ascended. And these guys are, are there. And and they're all that God's going to work with. They needed a blessing. Jesus has ascended. He can't carry the team like he has before, but he will send the Spirit that will carry the team. If the disciples are willing, here's the phrase, if the disciples are willing, God is able. If they will just ask and seek and strive, the Holy Spirit of God will powerfully move through them. And they can and they will do all that's needed. And what is the work then? What is the work then of the church that he's asked to bless? It's simple. Luke says it more than any of the other uh, New Testament authors. Repentance and forgiveness. Two things. Proclaimed to the nations. 
We, pro- we proclaim that they turn back to God. They repent they, and they confess. They say all the things that they do wrong and all their motives, they're twisted and they just confess it. And in there, they believe that they're forgiven and they trust that they're forgiven. And in that, they wage war against the things that are hurting them. So to the people that we're to witness, they're the people who are suffering from addictions. They're people who, who need to hear the good news. There are people who are plagued with sexual misconducts. They need the good news. There are people who are poor because they're rich. There are people who are poor because they have no riches. There are people who are broken because there's hurtful behaviors and words and actions. There are people who are just broken because of how their bodies were formed. And they will never get out of this, this twisted place until they're redeemed in heaven where the, the healing will finally come. There are people who are alone because of a divorce alone because of the death of a spouse and death of those nearest to us. There are people who are cheating, who are gossiping, who are wounded by, who have wounded hearts, those who have deep family troubles, those who are living in gray mundane worlds. The list goes on and on about all the separation that we experience from God and one another and we inflict it upon ourselves and upon each other and to us and to those we need to believe that we can be forgiven. And if we are in bondage to sin and we can't win, God can. That God can raise, if we can have that ship raised and defy the law of gravity, surely God can have us raised through the power of His Son, Jesus. And that we'll never give up. Church, we're to witness to them. We're to witness that God loves We're to witness that repentance and confession will be met with love and forgiveness. To trust that his love is bigger than our capacity to sin. He loves us and there's nothing we can do about it. Trust that good news. His final action was to display powerful love. His final words are powerful blessing. So that they can be a blessing in the world just as they are, as broken and twisted and sinful as we are, in spite of us, God will use us to do his kingdom work. God help us be that church. Amen. Let us confess our faith. We will use the words of the Apostles' Creed. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God has ascended to the Father. Let us raise up our prayers before him that plead for us and all people in need. Gracious Father, Jesus ascended to your right hand. There he lives and reigns as the good king for all people with you and the Holy Spirit. Thank you for not leaving us helpless and for promising the Holy Spirit to fill us with your love. Energize us as your witnesses in this world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Grant that all pastors in your church be ever mindful that they do not serve on their own authority, 
Instead, they serve by the command of the risen and ascended Lord Jesus Christ. Give them joy in their calling and confidence, especially in challenging or evil times. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Father, you have given yourself in Jesus for the life of the world. Give to all who feast at your table today the ability to turn away from their sins and towards the Lord in faith, trusting that in this bread and wine he feeds us with his true body and blood. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we give thanks for the baptism of Maeve Elizabeth. Let your Holy Spirit work in her heart and soul to renew and refresh her each day as a child of God. Guide and direct her ways that she will walk in the way of Christ and grow in the knowledge of you and your love. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. By your Holy Spirit, bring words of assurance and comfort and your health and healing to all who are in sorrow or need, sickness or adversity. Today we pray for those named in our prayer requests and those we name silently in our hearts. Give them strength to endure their afflictions and patience as they await the perfect healing of everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, bless this congregation with a vision for the future and a reverence for the past. Reveal to us and help us understand the church you want Emmanuel Lutheran to be. Help us to know you better and to make you known to those around us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, Heavenly Father, we commend all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.